welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Thanks, Pastor Matt, Shane. It's great to be with you guys. And uh, man, we are just blessed to serve. It's good to be with you today. It's great to see this crowd and what God's doing here in Marysville. Amen. And uh, so congratulations. Uh, let me just introduce myself real quick. My wife and I, uh, we, after 30 years of, of pastoring in, here in Ohio, um, the Lord in January, it was interesting because we had uh, been pastoring Parma Bethel Temple up uh, just south of Cleveland for the last almost 13 years. And uh, God was bringing the culmination of a lot of prayers and, and vision to fulfillment. We had a dream to get that place, burn the mortgage, and uh, remodel that sanctuary uh, by 2025. And then the Lord started to expedite things. How many of you know God can do that? And we're believing that God is going to expedite all of Pastor Matt and Shannon's vision for this church too. Amen? And so we were, we were really blessed in the midst of COVID. We still saw growth. God was moving. And uh, we were able to do uh, all in all with the HVAC, the roofing, and all, almost $2 million worth of renovations. Uh, our dream, and, 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 and here's the funny thing. Sometimes God put things on your heart, and you're like, oh, I don't know. You know what? Pastor Matt may have some crazy dreams, and some of you may be going, oh, I don't know, Pastor Matt, but can I tell you something? If God's in it, you're going to win it. Amen? And I'll be honest with you. We were thinking this is really audacious of us to think that we can burn the mortgage and get everything remodeled, all the renovations, nearly $2 million worth, and and have it debt-free. And would you believe that not at the end of 2025, because how many of you know we haven't gotten there yet? But last September, we were able to burn the mortgage. And the Lord had called us on to, to serve in this, in this role, but what's so cool is that by the end of the year, uh, before we were transitioning here, the remodels were done, everything debt-free. God can do it. Come on, somebody. And if he can do it in Parma, Ohio, he can do it in Marysville. So I'm excited about what God's already doing, and uh, we're just thrilled to serve. My wife, uh, Krista, um, we've been doing ministry for years together, and uh, she is actually the director here in Ohio of all adult and next-gen ministries. So for those of you that are 55 and still alive or over the hill like me, right, um, see her after the service because she's got a a senior adult trip that we're going to have a blast in Amish country. So you can see her after the service, but she also oversees uh, like Nate with youth and Megan and all those, any director to do with age or next-gen you know, ministries reports to her. And so she's bringing synergy and unity to that team because we can do more together. Amen. We can always do better together. And we want to see, that's why I love looking across this room. I see a generational church and that's what God wants and reaching every generation for Jesus Christ. And so we are really excited to be with you here. Um, If you want to throw up, this is a little picture of our family. Um, We've got now uh, four girls all in full-time ministry in four different, they went to four different AG schools and wound up in four different states. Come on. Like, Lord, give us a break. Let somebody stay in Ohio. But, man, we're excited. We've got them in Des Moines. Our oldest daughter on the left's in Des Moines, Iowa. They're pastoring there, and, and church is blowing it up. You do, do you know their church, their youth group? He's my, my son-in-law is the executive pastor. His dad planted the church. They were number one in the nation, Pastor Matt, for Speed the Light more than once. Half a million dollars to Speed the Light. Half a million dollars. Youth, I'm talking to you. Half a million dollars to Speed the Light. Come on. God can do it. Amen. Our next daughter, is, uh, um, she's a professor with Southeastern University Online, but they're pastoring at Oasis Church in downtown L.A. That's their mission field in Los Angeles. 
our third daughter and her husband are in uh, Maryville, Indiana, uh, pastoring at the Assembly of God Church there, and our youngest is up in Minnesota, and uh, she was actually on staff with Pastor Matt, so if you want to hear some funny stories about our daughter, he can tell you some. And uh, she's up there, really cool deal, it's, uh, the, there's 4,025 people in the town, there's 1,000 people in the church. There's no limits to what God can do. Come on, somebody, right? And so they're really excited because she does three kids' churches every morning, preaches to them kids three times. So they're excited because they're in a building uh, program, and she's only going to have to do two Sunday morning services. So God can do it, everybody. Just brace yourself because God's going to do some great things at the gathering in Marysville. Amen? Amen. I believe that. So, but listen, uh, l- let me just tell you, you know, we're, we're so thrilled. Um, you, I don't know if you know how blessed you are to have Pastor Matt and Shanna here leading this church. They come from some great families, everybody. Like the DNA of greatness is woven into them. And, and so you are, I don't know if you know how blessed you are, but if you do, would you give them a hand? Just show them your support. Amen. It's exciting to be with you. But I believe to, you know, you got to understand some things. If you're going to continue to grow as a church, and you want to, right, then, then you have to realize that as amazing as they are, they can't do it alone. Yeah. And they can't do it without Jesus, and they can't do it without you. And so I want to just challenge you as a church, get around them, you know, so that this church can reach its full potential as you lean in on Jesus and, and you pull together all your time and your talents and your treasures and you, you just put it together and let God multiply what he wants to do. And uh, God created us for relationship. We need each other, right? We're always better together. And so, yes, things can get strained sometimes. There's no perfect families, no perfect marriages, no perfect people, and there's not a perfect church. But listen, if you, if you pray and you pray for each other and you stick together, there's no limit to what God can do through this church. I really believe that. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to what may be a familiar passage to some of you a little bit, Matthew chapter 16. As you're turning there, um, I believe the word's living and active, amen? And so verse 18 is where we're going to kind of hone in. Uh, but, but even if it's familiar, listen, John three sixteen. how many of you know, every time you hear that passage, something new can come, right? And so I believe that God's got a word for us today. Matthew chapter 16, as you're turning there, before we begin reading, let me just set the stage a little bit. By the time we come to Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus had been pouring into his disciples, uh, building up the church. He'd been performing miracle signs and wonders, and crowds had been gathering around and, and following him. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, um, there was some hard stuff going on there too. John the Baptist had already been beheaded. I mean, that's a rough day in the park, right? So there was persecution going on too. And, and the Pharisees and Sadducees were coming against him. And, and then at the end of the chapter, we see where Jesus, you know, begins to predict his own death. And so the disciples are trying to get their brain around it. And, and when Peter tries to admonish him, like, whoa, you know, what is, Jesus comes at him pretty strong and rebukes him. He even says, get thee behind me, Satan. That's a strong rebuke. And, and so look at verse 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it uh, to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? How many of you know if you got all the things that this world's got to offer, but you don't have Jesus, you're still lost? Amen? You're broke. You're hurting. You're broken. And so those are some pretty strong words that Jesus is throwing out. And now we come to our text for this morning. And it's sandwiched right in the middle of everything that was happening there, right? And so if you got your Bibles or Bible apps, I'm going to read verses 13 through 19. And then we're going to kind of dial in on some things I'm going to show you out of verse 18. Matthew 16, verse 13. 
Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? What's the talk in town? What, what are people saying about me? What are you hearing? Verse 14. And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Would you say that with me? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. There's power in that declaration, everybody. Verse 17, and Jesus answered, and blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And here it is, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? He says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But that verse 18 is where we're going to dial in. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the prevailing promise. Would you say that with me? The prevailing promise. And there's four things I'm going to give you. Identification, declaration, affiliation, and determination. And so, Father, we thank you for this moment, Lord. We thank you that your, your word is anointed, it's alive. Lord, it's like a double-edged sword that can pierce our hearts. And so today, Lord, I, I pray that you would do more than challenge us. Today, God, change us. Transform us through your living word. Speak it into our hearts so that we can live it out for your glory. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. And so the uh, first thing we're going to talk about is identification. Identification. Look at verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock. Now, I, I think we all know what identification is, right? You, you, you lose your wallet. I'm like, oh, no, my credit card's in my what? My driver's license, right? Now, let me tell you about my wife and I. It, there are some ways, and those of you that have been married a few years, we've been married 30, almost 38 years because we got married. I was 10 years old and she was 11. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> We're high school sweethearts. We waited till we were older and more mature, so I was 18 before I got married. So, true. But uh, we found that over the years, there's things where we become more alike. And then there's some other things, aren't there, honey, where we're not alike. And every wife said amen, right? You know what I'm talking about. And so, but let me, I'm going to preface this story real quick by just saying that um, I, I have slowed down because I can't afford tickets. Okay, Pastor Matt, I can't afford tickets. And so, you know, but, but I've gotten a few in the past and, and some that I honestly deserved and some that I didn't deserve. But if anybody's going to get a ticket, it's going to be me. Okay, I'm just telling you. And so true story, I once got two tickets from the same state trooper in three days. Isn't that sad? Driving, I'm driving through the night. It's like five o'clock in the morning. I was youth pastor in Youngstown. I'm, I'm coming in, and there's this speed change where it goes from like 70, and over the bridge, right on the edge of the bridge, was a 55 mile an hour sign. I see it. I tap the brakes. I know it's there, but man, so is the trooper, you know. And so, no mercy. Five o'clock in the morning, he gives me a ticket for seven miles an hour over. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really, seriously? And so, three days later, that's Friday, Monday morning. I'm taking my kids to school. Now I'm not in the big van. I'm in the car. Different vehicle, but I, I'm dropping my kids off at middle school, right? And my, and my daughter, Kayla, uh, she's in the back seat. She gets out and she forgets her poster board project, right? So I, what do I do? I undo my seatbelt to turn around and lean over, and I holler at her, hey, babe, you forgot your project, you know, so I give it to her. I turn around, and that car, the beeper didn't work on the seatbelt thing, and I forgot to rehook it. Like, 
again, you'd think mercy, right? So I go to pull out of the parking lot, and the same state trooper that was, I'm not kidding you, 15 miles away from this location, like 15 miles away from where I'm at right now, pulling out of middle school, I pull out, lights come on. I'm like, what is going on? I had no clue. I pull over, and, and this guy comes walking up, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, it's the same officer. Are you even kidding me right now? The same guy, like what is up? And so he comes up and I'm trying to play it all cool, you know, and, and, and he says, do you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, I'm sorry, I have no clue. And he says, well, why don't you look down? And I'm going, oh no, no seatbelt. That's why he pulled me over. I wasn't speeding doing anything. So he goes back to his car. He goes, I want to see your what? Yeah, I need your driver's license. I need your identification. I got to see who you are. He goes, Looks at it and he goes, you look familiar. Didn't I, just, didn't I just ticket you? I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy's got a good memory. Different vehicle, everything. So he goes back, comes back, no warning, ticket. <sighs> it was one of those, are you kidding me moments. Now I got to go home and tell my wife I got the second ticket. I'm on a youth pastor salary, two tickets in three days, seriously. Here's my wife though. I'm not kidding you, she could be doing 135 they pull her over. They come up and get a selfie with her and apologize for taking her time. <laughs> I am not even kidding. You want stories? See me after service. I'll tell you about it. She literally got a ticket doing 17 miles an hour over just last fall. And Pastor Matt, I'm not kidding you. She, or, yeah, I should say a warning. So, so the officer comes up 17 miles over. I get one for seven over. She's 17 miles an hour over. Officer comes up, and, and she's, she's doing her hair. She's doing makeup. She's, and then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to race to Starbucks to get a, uh, a coffee before I go to staff meeting, and now I'm going to be late. And so what does the, offer do? the officer's like, oh, you're fine, sweetie, and, and gives her a warning so that she can give me the warning ticket so that she won't get in trouble by her boss when she shows up at work late. That's the difference between us, right? <laughs> She's got the anointing. I don't know. I don't know. But listen, what is it? It's identification, right? It's identification. They want to know your identification. And, and that's what that driver's license is about. Some of you, you got a passport because you're getting ready to go on a missions trip, right? So you got to have that passport. You, there's identification. that, and, and I hate the driver's license thing because it spells out the size and the weight, you know. Eye color I'm okay with, but why do they have got to like height and weight on there? Like, Really? Checking your BMI or whatever at that moment. I don't know. So, but before you get those things, you know, did you know that there's already an identification given to you? Before you get a passport, before you get an ID, a driver's license, a, you know, whatever it is, social security card, those numbers that are, that are tagged to you, they're markers of who you are. Do you know before that ever happens, God has already marked who he wants you to be? From your mother's womb, there's an identification that God has given you. You were created in his image with an identity that comes from heaven and a purpose that he has planned for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were even born. I set you apart. And you may not know this, but listen, before you were born, God set you apart for greatness. He set you apart to be a mountain mover for the kingdom of God. But until you know who you are in Christ Jesus, not all the labels and the things that the world's trying to put on you, but who you are in Christ Jesus, until you know your identity in him, you're not going to fulfill everything that he has for you to do. You know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I love 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, uh, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. 
right? And, and, and if you've repented of your sins and you put your faith in Christ Jesus, then you're a part of the church. And like my wife always says, the realest you is the you you are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The realest you are is the, is the you you are in Christ Jesus. Your truest identity is in him. But I believe there's a big problem in America. And the biggest, the biggest problem in culture today isn't drugs, it's not violence, it, it's not racism or politics or all the sexual sin that's in this pervasive in this culture. Those things are bad, but as bad as they are, there's even a bigger problem. It's a bigger evil, and I would call it identity theft. See, the enemy, it says in John 10.10 10, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can steal your identity, then he can steal your destiny. You hear me? And so you got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. And, and, and I believe in our text, I, I believe Jesus wanted Peter to understand who he was, but also who he was not. Why? So that he could fulfill his destiny and help build the church like this church here, the gathering. And, and, and that's what he wants for every one of us. He, he wants us to understand our identity and who we are as a person so we can help build his church, the gathering, this church, fulfill its destiny here in this community. But before we can grow as a church, before you can grow as a person, again, you got to understand who you are and who you're not. It's interesting because when you look at this verse, it would appear that Jesus is just telling Peter, this is who you are, right? You are and, and on this rock, and, and you get this, but think about it. He's also telling who he's not. He's also explaining to Peter who he is not. Don't forget that, that right before this statement, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say I am? Remember, we read it, right? Who do people say I am? In other words, what's my identification? And they answered, well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and others Jeremiah. And he said to him, but who do you say I am? And what was Simon Peter's response? We all said it together. You are the Christ, come on, say it with me, the Son of the living God. So Peter got it right, Amen. And it was blessed because it wasn't a flesh and blood thing. It was a spiritual understanding that the Spirit had birthed in his heart. And so, and, and, and then Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. But Jesus wasn't telling Peter that he was the rock or the foundation of the church. So he needed to understand who he was and who he was not. Because the foundation was built on Peter, then we've got a pretty shabby foundation, right, everybody? If the foundation of the gathering is built on, on man, then we're in trouble. If this foundation of this church is built on, on Pastor Matt or his board members or, or Dan Lund or Pastor John Wooten or, you know, whoever it is, listen, it, unless it's built on Jesus, unless Jesus is the rock, then the, then the church is not going to stand. And the word Jesus uses is petros. It means little pebble. But the word he uses for, for Petra is, is the rock. So what is he saying? He's saying, Peter, you're Petros. You're like a little pebble. But on this rock, on the declaration that you just made that I am the living God, on that rock I will build my church. Are you with me, everybody? So we got to understand who we are and who we're not. And, and, and your idea and the identification of this church has to be remain remooted, re, re, just rooted in Christ Jesus as the rock. And, and we all know that Dwayne Johnson is not the rock, right, everybody? <laughs> Jesus is the cornerstone. So first there was identification. That was kind of a longer one. Let me give you a couple more. Declaration. Everybody say declaration. Jesus said here again in verse 18, and I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock, I will build. I will build. 
How many of you have ever said, I will do something? We all have, right? Now, listen, I need to have, if it's okay with you, Pastor Matt, in this context, I just need to have a moment of confession. I just need to humble myself before you. Now, I know this doesn't apply to any other husband in this room, all right? What I'm going to say, and, and I'm sure your wives could attest to that. But I have to confess to you today that there have been a few times in my life where I've told my wife, I will do something, and I forgot to do it. I know. I know, I know. I said it wouldn't apply to any other man in this room, but I have told her in the past, I will take out the trash. And in the morning, Pastor Matt, I heard the truck going by because I had forgot to put it out the night before. I have done that. I know it's tough, but can I just tell you something? The beauty of God is that if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. If he says, I will, he will. Amen? He never forgets a promise. And, and so one thing God can't do is be unfaithful. Do you know that the only thing he ever forgets is our sins when he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness? Isn't that awesome? It's the only thing he ever forgets. He can't forget. He can't fail. It's not in him. And if he makes a promise, he's going to keep a promise because all of his promises are yes and amen means so be it. I said it. So be it. It's as good as if it happened. He's never failed. There's a song that I love, but i got to be honest. There's a piece in the lyrics that I never fully sing. It's an awesome worship song, and I love singing it, but there's a part that I never sing all the lyrics. It's where he says, he's never failed me yet. There's a connotation that maybe he will sometime, but he hasn't done it yet. Can I just tell you something? He's never failed me. There's no yet about it. Amen? He says, I will. It's not like I will build my church if everything aligns. If the stars align and I have the favor of the Father and all these things, I will. Oh, man, I I will. You know, if it works out, I'm going to bless the gathering church here in Marysville too. No, he says, I will build my church. And when he makes a promise, he keeps it. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never. Did you hear that? never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Friends, he is faithful. He will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God who was and is and is to come. He's King Jesus. Amen? And he keeps his word. I love that. And so if he says, I will build my church, then you need to understand, friends, he's going to build his church. He's going to do that. And he's not talking about bricks and mortar. He's talking about you. The church isn't a building in Marysville. The church is the people. Amen? Peter understood that. That's why he wrote in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9, you also, as living stones, little Petros, right? Living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, Petra, together, grounded on God, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says, you are a chosen people. Look at somebody next to you and say, you are chosen Come on, tell them you are chosen. You're a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. Pastor Matt's not the priesthood. He's just one of the believers. He's the shepherd of this this congregation. But together, you are the priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And thank you, Jesus, that we're not walking in darkness anymore. Amen? And that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Jesus. We are the church. And he promised that he would build his church. So we've looked at identification declaration. Let me talk to you about affiliation. Everybody say affiliation. He says, he says and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build whose church? My church. I will build 
my church. As you know, I'm here representing what we call the Ohio Ministry Network. It's the Assemblies of God churches across Ohio, and I love being part of this state. The AG is what we call a cooperative fellowship, and this church, The Gathering, here in Marysville, is what we call a part of the fellowship, or it's really a denomination, right? I mean, if you want to get down to it, it's a denomination, but I want you to know that you're affiliated with like the fastest-growing evangelical Pentecostal denomination in the world. It's pretty awesome. Over 70 million believers around the world affiliated with the Assemblies of God. Isn't that remarkable? And you get to be a part of that, of something bigger than yourself. And the cool thing is, is here in the United States, Ohio is the fastest growing district in the, in the whole uh, Assemblies of God. We have a higher net, last year we had a higher net growth of churches. When other denominations and other districts were, were losing churches, we still had a net growth of churches, the largest in the Assemblies of God. Isn't that amazing? God's doing something in Ohio, and it's because of great churches like the gathering. God's doing it. Our preliminary reports for 2022 show us that here in Ohio, we've got like about 71,000 people going to AG churches just in Ohio. Our Sunday morning attendance averaged uh, 42,000 people coming to church in Ohio to an Assemblies of God church. Last year, we saw 7,672 conversions, new names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Isn't that amazing? Water baptisms, we had 2,578 people water baptized last year. Spirit baptisms, 1,019. And again, your church was part of all of that. Here's another fun fact, though. Globally, did you know that we actually have 10 times more Assemblies of God churches than there are McDonald's? Isn't that cool? That's, you're a part of that. Did you know that approximately every one and a half hours somewhere on the globe, there's a new AG church planted a new church starts every hour and a half. Think about that. In the time that we're in this service, another new AG has launched. It's amazing. Did you know this is awesome? Every 62 seconds around the globe, somebody gets saved in the Assemblies of God. Come on. Every 62 seconds, somebody gets saved. Come on, somebody. Come on. Every 62 seconds, think about that. Somebody is making the decision to say, I ask forgiveness of my sins, and I believe in this man who came to earth, who was the, the God incarnate. His name was Jesus Christ. Every 62 seconds, somebody is getting saved. we got 30 more seconds to go. Come on, somebody. Every 62 seconds, somebody else is getting saved around the world because of a great Assemblies of God church like this one. Maybe in Africa, in India. It might be right here in Ohio. Every 62 seconds, somebody else, their sins are washed away and thrown into that sea of forgetfulness. Every 62 seconds, somebody else is saved and redeemed eternally. Their sins are forgiven. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Can you celebrate somebody else getting saved? Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? And you guys get to be a part of all of it. It's incredible. But I want you to know that this church ultimately doesn't belong to Pastor Matt or to the members of the board or the Ohio Ministry Network or the global assemblies of God. Jesus said, I will build my church. My church. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. The assemblies of God didn't pay the price for your sins. Jesus did we got to keep the, the main thing the main thing. So in the midst of all of this in the celebration today, let's stay kingdom-minded too, amen? Let's be praying for all those other gospel churches that are preaching Jesus. Maybe we don't align with every little thing, but if we align with Jesus, then let's pray for him, amen? 
And let's pray that they're seeing people saved every 62 seconds. And, and just know this, the minute you put your faith in Christ, your sins are forgiven, your name is written in his book of life, and, and you are indwelt by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you become a part of, of, of what Jesus said is my church, the church, the church. And so, man, praise God. God is so good, isn't he, everybody? His church isn't defined by who shows up in a Sunday morning and, and sits in a chair. I want you, I'll be honest with you. You could come to this church every 52 weeks out of the year, and you could serve, and you could even sing on the worship team and still miss heaven if you haven't given your faith, put your faith in Jesus. Because attendance and faithfulness and even commitment doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. And you got to make sure that you're part of his church, the church. So we've talked about identification and declaration, and affiliation, but as we get ready to, to wind it down here, let me talk to you about determination. Everybody say determination. Coming back to verse 18, he says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. A spirit of determination. We're going to press through. It's not always going to be easy. There's going to be obstacles in the way, because how many of you know you've got an enemy, and he's named Satan. He's a liar, he's the father of lies, he's a deceiver, he's a planner, and he's out to ruin the church. He's out to ruin your family. He's out to ruin you. Because he realizes that the gathering won't be healthy unless you're healthy and your families are healthy. And so he's out to destroy, but we've got to be determined to say that, you know what? Man, whatever comes my way, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, church. Amen. We've got a determination that it doesn't matter whatever obstacles come. may not always be easy. Just because I call myself a Christian doesn't mean my life's always going to be a rose garden. And besides, roses have got some nasty thorns. Right? But I'm determined that I'm in this thing. I'm in it to win it. Listen, friends, if your life and if this church, the gathering, all belongs to Jesus, then so do all your battles. Right? So do all your battles. And if Jesus is going before you, you can't lose. The gates of hell shall not prevail, right? And so, yes, things are going to happen sometimes. You know, my family's been through some hard situations. We, we came to Ohio. We were in Youngstown. We spent nine years youth pastoring and leading worship and, and loved it. And then God called us to plant a church. And, and uh, we went to uh, central Ohio up in the Mount Vernon area. And we were there for another almost nine years planting a church. And right in the middle of that, I'll never forget it. It was a Sunday night. And we had um, some interns that had come on staff with us. And, and uh, we're sitting in our living room. And all of a sudden, I look at my wife, and she is just like glazed over and kind of leaning. And... I was like, what is going on? And a Sunday night in 2006, and, uh, and she started having a series of strokes sitting on the couch. For that next few months, she was in the hospital more than she was out. It led to a vascular surgery at the base of her brain. We got her home, and three days later, I kid you not, three days later, our daughter Kayla, uh, who was a senior in the high school at that time, 17 years old, she started having seizures. I'm like, what is going on, Lord? I'm trying to do everything I can. We're planting a church. We've just bought property. We're trying to develop. We're, we're in the midst of this. What's going on? My, my wife is in the hospital. Now we're, we, we wind up literally, she, our daughter Kayla goes into coma. She's on feeding tubes and life supports, and we don't know if she's going to make it. We're having to live in the Ronald McDonald House by Nationwide Hospital here in Columbus, and I'm still trying to pastor church driving back and forth, and my wife's recovering from surgery. I'm like, what is going on? This is our daughter, Kayla. That was her then. Can I see that next picture? This is her now, everybody. 
You see, they said that she may never walk or talk again, didn't even know if she'd live. They said from all the seizures, she was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's a disease that causes your immune system to attack your nervous system, and it started paralyzing all of her body parts. So she, they didn't know, will she ever walk? Will she ever live? Will she ever breathe? But I can tell you that today, the girl that they didn't know, the girl that they said would have no more uh, short-term memory or anything else because of all this, everything else, can I tell you, she's got two master's degrees. She's a professor with Southeastern University. She's pastoring uh, uh, on staff, executive staff with, with a, a, a megachurch in L.A., preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Incredible. They, they said she'd probably never be able to have children, didn't even know if she'd walk. I remember coming into the hospital room, and she's sitting on the edge of the bed, and there's two nurses and the rehab nurses standing there, and they're all crying. We had put her guitar, Pastor Matt, and Shana, in the room with her just as a motivation because at this point she was off, and she, but she couldn't walk. She couldn't even walk, but the nurses supporting her by the back, and somehow God had restored her voice and her ability to play guitar. She couldn't even walk yet, but she was playing a song sitting on the edge of the bed and, and all the staff is in there crying that's our God everybody and the girl that they said would never have kids has now got two beautiful children listen that's our God he can prevent even in the most difficult situations God can see us through but we've got to be determined that nothing is going to turn us away nothing is going to cause us to to diminish our faith we're going to grow stronger and we're going to stand firmer and we're going to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith hallelujah that's our God and you know what the gates of hell shall not prevail amen the more you strive to live for Christ, the more the enemy will try to come at you. And besides that, we just live in a fallen world. <laughs> I'm not the one to blame everything on the devil because the reality is we just live in a fallen world and there's just things that happen, right? That's why Jesus even said in John 16, he said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you, you will have many trials and sorrows. Notice he said many, <laughs> right? We always want the encouraging words, <laughs> Like, really? Isn't that why you came, Jesus? You know, many trials and sorrows. ESV calls it tribulation. The NIV calls it trouble. Trouble, 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 right? The Greek word's thalipses, and it means that, listen, you're going to go through stuff. On this side of eternity, you're going to go through some stuff, and some of it you're not going to like. So understand that life in Christ won't always be easy, but by faith, it will always be victorious. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith, our declaration, that declaration that, that Peter said, listen, you are the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You're the one that all the prophecies talked about from Isaiah all the way through. You are the one. It's that declaration of our faith in Jesus Christ that will keep us determined until the end. And I want you to know this. Jesus is going to build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus is going to build the gathering in Marysville, Ohio, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen? Hell will come against it, and hell will come against you, but hell will not prevail. I want to ask the worship team to begin to return you know, this morning, I, we've talked about the prevailing promise. There's troubles that come. Sometimes it's, it's tough planting a church, isn't it? There's things that come, and you're like, hmm, I didn't see that one coming. And there will be some more, Pastor Matt. I'm just being honest with you. You know, Shannon, there's going to be some things that, that come at you guys. Well, I didn't see that coming. But just know that you will prevail through Christ Jesus. 
This church will prevail through Christ Jesus because it's his church. It's his church. In just a moment, they're going to they're gonna sing a song. I don't know what all of you guys are going through, but I asked him to lead us in this song, See a Victory. Because some of you are maybe going through some things in your life right now where you just need a victory. But I want you to be able to sing this song with faith. Let it resonate in your heart. Man, I may be in the middle of the storm right now, but I'm going to see a victory because my God can't fail. Hell will not prevail. I'm the church. It's not going to prevail against me because I am the church. So we saw identification. And I tell you, you are Peter. Let me remind you how important it is for you to know your identity in Christ Jesus. You need to know who you are and who you're not. It's not all about you. It's all about him. But you need to share him. And you are not what this world tries to put on you. All those expectations and sometimes lies. Some of you young people, and guess what? Old people can battle insecurities too. All those lies, that's not who you are. You're a child of the living God. And you need to know your identity in him. And we talked about that declaration, and on this rock I will build. And listen, just remember, if Jesus said it, he meant it. If he declared it, he'll fulfill it, right? Why? Because he's faithful, and he cannot break his own word. He can't do it. And then thirdly, there's affiliation. Jesus said, I will build my church. You know, it's interesting because when you look into the word, you know, some people, why do we have local churches? And why do we have, you know, well, we see even in the word, Paul wrote letters to local churches, right? The church in Philippi, the church, many of those. The, Ephesians is a letter to the church in Ephesus. It was the gathering, Ephesus church, right? Even Revelation has a letter to the seven churches. So the local church is important, but even more important than that, is our affiliation with Jesus Christ, that we are the body of Christ, and we love him. And then determination, the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I just want to remind you that if God be for us, who can be against us? You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so if you're going through a battle right now, and you'd say, you know what, man, pastor, I need a victory in my life, maybe for personally or, or for your family. It might be financial. It might be physical, spiritual. If you're just going through a battle right now, would you just lift a hand? Come on, look around you. Father, as we sing this song, I pray that faith would rise up. And Lord, that you would speak victory into their hearts. Lord, maybe they don't have the answer right now of how it's going to happen, but they do have the answer of who it's going to happen through, and that's you, Jesus. So let them just trust in you. God, I pray faith would arise in this room. Even as we sing this song, let healings come. Lord, wisdom come. Confidence, let faith arise. Let breakthroughs happen as we sing this song. We see a victory, and our victory is in you, Christ. Hallelujah. Can we sing it? Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.